This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. You are listening to part four out of four of my series on gastrointestinal parasite management in small ruminants, goats in particular, but a lot of this can go back and forth between sheep and goats. Um, Oh, it has been a week, let me tell you what. Um, Kind of recording this on the way home from the clinic because I'm completely exhausted and talking is going to help me stay awake. So bear with me if I may seem a little bit more distractible than usual. Uh, As I mentioned last episode, we're in the middle of moving our home and our dairy and our goats and the last piece of like our house in our old house being uh, under contract and the last thing we were waiting for as far as the buyer who wants to buy it actually buying it came in today and it's a go so we basically have like 10 days to finish getting ourselves out of our old house and into our new house Um, so that's happening Um, I uh, also recently accepted a new job that I'll be starting after the new year and if you're following along you know that last week my elderly pug Satchmo had an emergency with his eye uh, and he ruptured his eye and last week I actually ended up having that eye taken out so that has been a whole another stressful thing to add on to just about the worst timing for my poor old man to effectively become blind and uh, be having to move around a lot and be in a new environment with things changing and unpacking and I feel terrible for him I think it's very stressful for him Um, and it's been a lot of waking up with him because he's stressed so it's been a a long week Um, but uh, I'm going to talk about gastrointestinal parasites and it'll make me uh a little bit happier about that and uh, keep me awake. Um, if you have any questions about this stuff or would like to get in touch and say hi, you can find my website, which is goatdoc.com. There's a contact tab on there that you can click. Uh, you can reach me via email at goatdoccara at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at goat underscore doc. Uh, and if you like to follow on the Twitter, that is goatdoccara. Um, and mostly it's just like stuff that comes from the other places where I post things. Um, but if you like Twitter, then have at it. Um, I mentioned also last week that this is uh, the fourth part of this series, and there's probably going to be a little bit of a lull for the next couple of weeks because life is insane. And I will be taking the month of January. My plan is to kind of regroup and 
get health protocols in place for our goats with new systems and a new barn and new place to put stuff and I'll probably share some pictures on my Instagram and a little tour and talk about how I am setting those things up uh, and hopefully get some sleep (laughs) and uh, unpack my life from being in boxes and being spread out over the state for the last several months. What else to say? Uh, uh, Also during the month of December, I will be updating my website to include what needs to happen. And thank you to my Patreon patrons for being patient with me. And I I feel like you guys who are patrons probably care more about me making more podcasts and getting more information out there that you think is useful rather than like making the thank you page and that you trust me that it's coming and that I, I appreciate that. So, um, thank uh, you guys are going to get some shout outs. I think I'm going to have an episode coming. I should have time in December to record about hoof health. I had a really interesting hoof goat hoof case this month. Um, and, uh, it's something that I've been thinking about doing an episode on for a while because the feet are important. Um, so yeah, I was talking about that because thank you to my Patreon supporters. If you would like to join the small but slowly and steadily growing number of people who think that, uh, supporting this podcast with a couple of dollars a month to help me offset costs of podcasting stuff and hosting and, uh, doing things like stickers and whatnot, um, or if you just think it's nice that I am sharing what I think about goats and goat health, um, you can check out my Patreon page at goat dot, or sorry, patreon.com slash goat doc and other goals for December. I'll get a link to that page on my website. You guys are awesome being like patient with me because I have a million things I want to do and I do have to sleep sometimes. So, uh, would be nice if it was optional but uh yeah so there's that and i think i said all the contact things and patreon things and if you are enjoying the podcast and you can take a second on your device and click on or tap on the thing to rate and review this podcast that is helpful because it helps the artificial intelligence algorithm developing machine realize that people are listening to the podcast and they care enough to press five stars on apple podcasts and hit subscribe and then it bumps it up higher in the search results so when people search for vet vet podcasts or podcasts about goats or things like that it comes up and then more people see it and then more people can get some information and if you like it maybe somebody else will like it too so you can take a second to rate and review that's super awesome I think that's all the housekeeping stuff as usual and uh, we'll disclaim that this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary veterinarian and I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR veterinarian client patient relationship with your local vet. 
So this episode, last part of parasite management is uh, when I did this for the Southern Maine Dairy Goat Association, kind of the intro slide to this section was perils and pitfalls, and aka, please don't do that. Um, There's lots of stuff out there that people like to say is going to deworm their goats or help kill intestinal parasites or I read this on the internet that giving whatever is going to decrease my worm burden or some whatever person Anna's natural hippie goat dewormer herbal wormer is going to keep my goats parasite free um and then there's lots of stuff out there and this is not unique to goats because you guys know that I'm a mixed practice vet. I see all kinds of species of animals. I see small animals. I see dogs and cats. Plenty of dogs and cats as well as plenty of goats and it's kind of like the thing of people who want to tell me that they're using like lemon verbena to prevent ticks from feeding on their dog. And the thing about all of these things is I'm gonna there's gonna be kind of a couple parts to this talk and the first part of this you if you don't you know I may I may upset some people if you really like your herbal dewormers if you really like your diatomaceous earth if you really really think that pumpkin seeds are killing intestinal parasites in your ruminant animals you may be disappointed with this episode but these are the things that as a medical, not to like, not to like uh, toot my own horn or whatever, but like as a trained medical professional, when someone tells me that they're deworming their goat with pumpkin seeds, I die a little inside. Um, And I say tooting my own horn for being like that I'm a trained medical professional. I went to a four-year professional degree program to learn about what we call evidence-based medicine. And that is kind of like the, the standard that we're trained to hold ourselves to as veterinarians, something called evidence-based medicine. And that, like... It's, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory what evidence-based medicine is. Is there evidence for doing the things that I recommend doing with your animals? There is not evidence for pumpkin seeds to deworm your goats. If you can find, if you find a paper that definitively says these animals, like a nice control group, peer-reviewed, published paper, like that's the standard for medicine. That is the standard for evidence-based medicine. Somebody did a study on a group of animals. They had a hypothesis. They developed a plan to test it. They test, they did their plan, and then they looked at the results, and they, like, go through that that those steps and like I remember learning about this in like elementary schools like the scientific method develop a hypothesis test the hypothesis 
analyze your results and come to conclusions. Sometimes your conclusion is that you need more evidence or you need more testing and that's fine. But like I can say that unicorn hairs are going to prevent intestinal parasites in goats. And if I, I mean, I can get people to buy them, then great. But that's for me, my goal as a veterinarian is to look at things that have evidence in their efficacy. Because when I tell you something to do that I recommend, it's because I want it to work. Um, my recommendations are in the interest of the health of your animal, not in the interest of like lining my pockets. It's not in the interest of like making money and getting my feet, your feet in my secret goat store or whatever. If I recommend something, it's because I believe in it. Like I, I believe that it works from either evidence that has been presented to me or personal experience and most often a combination of both of those things so that is a little bit of a soapbox and I'm sorry but deworming stuff is almost as bad as like flea prevention with garlic in my small animal patients doesn't doesn't really do anything um so um, I've said previously, I can't remember what episode it was, but I talked about like correlation does not equal causation. And that is another aspect of this. I'm looking as a veterinarian, as a medical professional, I'm looking for evidence behind the things that I recommend. And I probably sound like a little bit of a broken record now, so I will stop and move on to the things that like don't do that like please don't do that um please don't please (laughs) if you if you can avoid doing these things you will make myself and your veterinarian happy and be like a partner in your intestinal gastrointestinal parasite management for your goats so please don't do that. Um, prophylactic deworming. So deworming prophylactic means like in case basically, um, like I'm going to give this dewormer in case there are intestinal parasites. We don't want to do that. Um, because that goes back to when we were talking about the few antelminthic drugs that we have and we don't want to show the worms what we've got unless we have to. It promotes resistant parasites. It only makes them stronger. So prophylactic deworming is a no in my book. Um, Rotating dewormers. I think, you know, and I think a lot of these things I have probably at least mentioned in passing in one of the other episodes in this series. Rotating dewormers. Like the horrible things that I did when I had a horse growing up. And that's what we did is we got like a couple tubes of this, a couple tubes of that. We gave one in March. We gave the next one in April. We switched it up. We did whatever. And we're just showing the worms what we had. And we're making super worms. And I, you know, I mean, like I was like 
13 years old and I didn't know any better. I was just doing what I was told. But we know better now and we need to change the way we think about using our antihelminthic drugs. I was so satisfied this week. I got a, a recheck fecal from uh, some animals that I had seen earlier like a month ago and I mean so not ideal timing you know we talked about the fecal egg count reduction test or you take the fecal you do it you say do I need to deworm these animals needed to be dewormed they had a fecal egg count of 3700 eggs per gram and that is definitely dewormable in my book they also all looked a little little ratty looked like they needed to be dewormed too so we dewormed them with a pretty aggressive like single antihelminthic drug uh, deworming protocol that people follow the directions and then we got a recheck fecal and guess what that fecal egg count was it was less than 100 eggs per gram and that was super super satisfying and I also went out there to give them some vaccine boosters and they look better they've put on some weight Um, they look like a little bit more like they're gonna not be sad through the winter because they got a little bit more meat on their bones and that is good those are good things so that was a very satisfying uh fecal egg count reduction test um so but we didn't we didn't rotate dewormers for them we used the single thing and then next time they get a fecal check like next spring hopefully um if they need to be dewormed then we'll use that same product because it worked really well and hopefully it'll work really well again we keep we're going to keep using it until it stops working we're not going to pick something else at random off the shelf uh so please don't rotate your dewormers please don't underdose we talked about i think i talked about this quite a bit about like deworming products in our ruminant animals are already getting diluted out in the rumen um there's lots of ingesta in there the the efficacy of your deworming product is also is going to have to do not only with the mechanism of action so how it works does it paralyze them does it prevent them from using energy whatever it however it kills them is it is that mechanism that's called mechanism of action so that's part of it but also like part of it is how long it's in contact with them so and like how much of it is in contact with them and this is a kind of terrible like violent analogy but this is like if you've ever put your hand on a hot stove and you just touched it real quick and you don't you don't feel it when it's real quick it takes a second you leave your finger there for a second then it feels hot and you take it away but you still haven't burned yourself you put your whole hand on the hot burner plate of your stove and you're forced to leave it there you're going to really mess up your hand so that's the same if the stove is the dewormer and your hand is the worm that's the same idea if it's just a quick little touch it's not going to do much the worm might be annoyed for like a second Um, we want to like forcibly apply that deworming product to that parasite Um, so prophylactic deworming rotating dewormers and underdosing don't do that because it promotes resistance and resistant parasites are very difficult to deal with um kind of mentioned this with the evidence-based thing all the things that do not work and that i hear about diatomaceous earth i wish that like i was the person who 
thought of saying diatomaceous earth works for all of these things because I don't think diatomaceous earth is good for anything um, or at least not the things that people say it's good for fleas, flies, intestinal parasites I don't know what it's good for like legit evidence-based good for I'm gonna have to google this or like if you know then email me and send me a paper about it because like it's like I I don't I don't know why do we have it people want to use it for everything and everything that people want to use it for I don't think it does any of those things at least I have not seen evidence that it does any of those things so diatomaceous earth throw it in the trash can pumpkin seeds garlic tobacco no, none of those things are doing anything. Um, think about think about that. Pumpkin seeds. What are pumpkin seeds? They're vegetable matter. Is your goats like how? What would be the mechanism of pumpkin seeds killing intestinal parasites? I don't know. It's just more plant material that your goat is going to chew up and ruminate and turn into cellulose. And there's a little bit of fat there, so that's nice. But um, like. Yeah, the the rumen doesn't care about that. That's just plant material. It's going to chew it up and turn it into um, VFAs, like we talked about in the rumen episode. Garlic, same deal. I don't... Rumen doesn't care. It's going to chew it up and turn it into VFAs. Tobacco. Um, you'd have to feed a goat an obscene amount of tobacco in order to have any kind of clinical effect. Uh, what else? Anything that somebody said on Facebook that if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. I wish that I could get on here and say, hey, everybody, we can deworm our goats with pumpkin seeds, and it works great, and it's not going to like breed resistance in our parasites, and it's totally natural, and there's no milk withholding, and you can just do it, and it's fine. But that's unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, there's a good article on the American American Consortium for Small Ruminant Parasite Control, I believe, is the website, and it's uh, wormx.info, uh, W-O-R-M-X dot I-N-F-O, um, and there's a good article there where one of the people in the consortium looked at whether any of these things actually do anything and people have looked because like I said if the, if this stuff worked we'd be like sweet that's one less goat problem that we have to deal with um, and everybody can just feed pumpkin seeds but they've looked at these things and there's no evidence that any of them really do anything meaningful if you want to look up that paper the wormx.info is a great website there's no evidence for any of that stuff supporting it. That that paper in particular, that part of it, um, it's part five of a six-part series. That part that looks at diatomaceous earth and garlic and tannins and all of those things um, is part five of six, and it's great. It's like a pretty easy read. Check it out. I recommend it. Um, huh. Um, let me go to my other thing of notes because I feel like this is a pretty short and sweet episode. Um... I talked a lot about things that I recommend and thing a bit about things that I don't recommend. And I think um, 
I guess the thing to remember, and I, I mean, I kind of talked about this already. Parasite management encompasses many aspects of animal health and animal care. Make a plan, talk with your vet. I really recommend writing your plan down and like you put it on the calendar, keep a medical record or a herd record or however you like to do that. Maybe someday I will like develop a template that I would recommend for people. Um, but every herd is going to be unique and different and have a unique parasite management plan for that herd. So um, that's that's kind of wraps up that series. And I hope it was helpful. And um, yeah, wish me luck with moving. And next time you hear from me, I'm probably going to be at least somewhat settled into our new place or if not settled in at least all of my stuff will not be in two locations 50 miles apart (laughs) in the state of Maine so um yeah that's gonna do it for this evening I will talk to you guys soon